the deal. This is a hundred percent again for fun. And so how many like, times can we say that on here? Let's just reiterate it. Let's just reiterate. This is not our full-time job. And so how like, fun would it be if it was though? Oh my gosh. Oh. I told you guys that we bought a house, didn't I? Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. We're moving. Um, our closing date is February 24th um, at 10 a.m. The renters that are in there have to be out by 10 a.m. that day. But since we're paying for the month of March, we don't have to move our entire lives in the next week, which week. is nice. <laughs> yeah. We can kind of take our time with it. So we'll probably, especially because we're going to like redo some stuff like the floors and we're going to paint and like some of the door hinges need to be replaced, things like that. So we'll do all of those first and then slowly but surely room by room, we'll move stuff over. So I know exciting stuff. I'm so excited to have central heat and air. (laughs) We have window air conditioners in our rental house and it's miserable it's terrible especially in the winter yeah oh my gosh I'm so sorry I'm talking so much I have a story um so we have gas heaters our house is like it was built in like the 1900s right so it doesn't have any ducts or anything so but it has gas heaters where you have to like light you know it's like a like a freaking stovetop you have to like light it <laughs> you know and so like a pilot light yeah So, um, so like what you do is like you turn the gas on and then we have like a lighter that we stick in to the heater and it like catches the gas and lights it. Right. Well, if you don't give it enough gas, then it will light initially, but then it will fade out and it'll just be like gas pumping into your home. So I didn't know that. So I like turned the heater on like the lowest thing that it could go and then I lit it and it it flamed up so I was like okay the heater's on well then I left to go to class and Noah was here and he was like I got this like huge migraine and like I felt like I was getting dizzy like I didn't know what was happening and then I checked the heater and it was just like gas like pumping into our house (laughs) so he was like Lindsay you need to be careful because you could literally like get carbon monoxide poisoning and kill us oh my gosh like, oh my gosh I had no idea I was I felt so bad and that's why because he always turns the heater off at night and of course I'm freezing and so I'm like why are you turning the heater off and now I know it's because we could get carbon monoxide poisoning and like literally die in our sleep <laughs> and so he turns the heater off at night so anyway you, I almost oh my gosh we're thrilled that we're getting out of there. We're thrilled. Yeah, I almost killed Noah today or this week in our house. So glad to be um, stepping out of that chapter and moving on to a new one that is much safer for us. Safer, safer home. We love safety. Yeah, safe homes. <laughs> okay, anyway, <laughs> do you have any stories or should we start? <laughs> no, I cried in a delivery on Tuesday. And that was- <gasps> really? Yeah, that was like one of the first ones. I was telling Kara this morning, I was like, I um I usually just like 
get so smiley in deliveries like they're just like so joyful to me so I'm not one to like look at a delivery and just like sob like I'm like this is your daughter you know like I just like get really excited Mm -hmm. this one was particularly like emotional she like the mom had a specific way that she thought she was going to deliver and it ended up being like the total opposite and the dad ended up not being able to be in the delivery because of like what was happening um so since this mom the it was just like a totally different situation than what she was expecting and so the dad was like in another room waiting for the mom and the baby to come back Mm -hmm. and I like got to introduce him to his daughter and he was just like standing there sobbing and I was like I was like meet your daughter and it was their first baby and I just started crying. It was like one of the most- Were you crying in front of the dad? I like teared up, but I like turned around and I I like went over to the warmer and like started doing something so that I looked professional, but he was just like standing, like he heard her crying in the hallway. So he like came and met us at the door and he was just like standing there sobbing and- she like was crying with us and then as soon as he held her she stopped crying and it just like was a very emotional (laughs) that's like a movie moment I know I know and it I like um when things were starting to change the mom like was getting really emotional and I was like getting emotional in the OR I was like this is not what she wanted and she is like so scared and so anyway um so that was a fun story wow that's so fun is the baby like it's healthy and stuff so it turned out okay yeah she was totally fine that's good um but we had to like remind her to breathe for a second but we do that with everybody so it's fine (laughs) you're like hey Um, by the way you have lungs by the way there is no liquid (laughs) please open your lungs and breathe (laughs) um but then she did so it was fine (laughs) That's so fun. That's so um, cute. But, and it was crazy because they were like a younger couple and he like looked kind of rough around the edges and just to like see him standing there sobbing with his newborn daughter was just like a little <laughs> overwhelming. Yeah. There is good in humanity. I know. I just was like, this is, this is like the definition of tender. Like this is so sweet. Um. And like, I get in the groove of like doing deliveries and like, you know, doing all this stuff right. over and over again. And so like, it loses its, its joy. Uh-huh. But then like moments like that, I'm like brought back to reality. Yeah. Of like what you actually get to do. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> That's cool. I mean, your new job will probably be just as cool though. Cause you'll be, I mean, you'll be dealing with kids and you'll be able to help them. I mean, cause parents like I mean, I guess parents will be hard to deal with, but in a sense, it's like, you know, if you help your kid, then you're like helping a whole family, you know? Oh, yeah. No. And like, like I was talking to somebody and they're like, a, being a child in the hospital is like such a core memory. Like, like they will remember being in the hospital if they're like above the age of four, you know? Right. And right. So like they were talking to me. They're like, if you get to make that core memory, a positive thing, regardless of what they're in the hospital for, like that's worth it. Yeah. And so like, I'm, I'm dealing 
with core memories of parents right now because it's like the baby's not going to remember being born obviously but like I get to help a whole family now like make a positive core memory of being in the hospital like it could be like a really traumatic event but definitely especially with kids too I feel like obviously with adults like how you treat them affects them but like a lot of times they can push past like you know, like whatever this nurse was rude to me, like she probably had a hard day or something, but like with kids, like the way that you treat them and the way that you talk to them just developmentally impacts them so much more that like you having the power to like make that a positive or a negative experience for them. Like, cause they tie, I mean, your childhood forms you so much of who you are as an adult. So like if they have one bad experience as a kid, that literally marks them forever like what you're saying so like the fact that you have the potential to make like medical treatment in general a positive experience for them or just like not traumatic even if it's neutral like just not a bad experience not a bad experience yeah I mean like and I I like pray that the Lord works through me in the way where like people are in like these kids are in inspired to go into the medical field later in life they're like I had a really crummy childhood because I had childhood cancer but like because of that and because of the way I was treated like I want to go help more kids you Mm -hmm. know so like that that to me is like a job well done if if like they come out of it on the other side not thinking that that was the worst experience of their life right right wow well what's some what's so many updates so many life changes I know we're both, we're both moving and doing things I in know like big ways I feel like crazy stuff is happening to us making big money moves big life moves trying okay I'm trying to which this is not the original topic of um what we were talking about today I have found myself being pretty careless with my words. And what I mean by that is I, there's so many people around me, which is not an excuse, but it's very easy to be negative about like the things that you're going through in life. And so I have found myself being really negative about school in particular and about like certain classes in particular, or just like the scheduling of school or like the amount of like the way that quizzes are set up or whatever. And like everybody around me also complains about those things. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy to just like fall into this, like, you know, complaining attitude about like certain things. So I'm trying to be better about, like, I don't like the idea of me complaining just for the sake of complaining, you know? Right. And so I'm trying to not do that as much because I have found myself doing that quite a bit. So Anyway, I have a class after this and it's going to be so fun. And I'm so excited to learn about marketing in physical therapy. Yay. That was really convincing. Thank you. Um, I think you can work on your tone a little bit, but we'll try <laughs> next time. Um, I do think that that's something that I like really, I fall into a lot of well as well. And honestly, it's just like, being surrounded by people that are not all believers which Mm -hmm. is not something you can always help 
So, and I think it's good to not obviously put yourself in a bubble, but it like really makes you realize, um, like your sin and how you can like love people better and like love what you do better and mm-hmm. like glorify the Lord in the way of, um, and like what he is allowing you to do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to a friend last night at community group and she like got a side gig as a waitress at a restaurant. And she was talking about like how dark the restaurant business is. And she's like, it just yeah. like amplifies my sin. It just like amplifies everything that I'm, um, that I like fall so easily into. She's like, just because of the people that I'm around and not in like a bad way. Like it's a way for us to be refined because like we are seeing ourselves in like ways that we can be molded into looking more like Christ. So right. honestly, I'm grateful for it because I'm seeing a lot of my sin, but it's like being amplified and I'm like falling into it much easier just because of like who I'm surrounding myself with. So, right. Um, so I get that, but proud of you for seeing it and changing. Thanks. Thanks. It's hard. Cause I feel like it's translated over into other aspects too. Like I've been really bad about like gossiping lately and like talking about people and I'm really just negative about school and like that also feeds into like how I talk to and about myself Mm -hmm. you know like it all just kind of like it's kind of just like a snowball effect like once you get negative about one area like the rest of them just kind of follow and I'm just it's easy to forget like how powerful words are and how easy it is to fall into a trap of just like being careless and like saying stuff just to say stuff, you know? And my mom, okay, I'm going to shout out my mom really quick because, so I don't know if I've mentioned this on here before, but she sends us like little devotional videos every day during the week and over Snapchat. It's the only reason I still have Snapchat, but she'll like, send us a video. And there was one that she did like a couple of weeks ago about the verse that says like, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, I think is the verse that it was talking about. And she was talking about how like unwholesome, see, now I'm saying this and I hope that this is the right verse. If it's not, I'm sure my mom will text me and correct me. But (laughs) basically she was talking about how unwholesome doesn't, like we usually think of like cussing or like saying Mm -hmm. the Lord's name in vain or whatever, but she like made a point to say that it also means just like empty words, basically, like just speaking just to speak or like just to be heard or like what I was saying earlier, like complaining, like just for the sake of complaining, like Mm -hmm. there's no, it's basically like words without purpose and like how we should not as Christians like be saying things that don't have meaning behind them like everything that we say should be which goes back to the other verse about like whatever is true whatever is noble like whatever is you know like that's what our words should be and like that convicted me a couple weeks ago And then I've been hearing a lot of like sermons about just like gossiping and like negative speaking and complaining and like all that stuff. Like, it's just like come up in so many places (laughs) that it's like, okay, maybe the Lord's trying to tell me something. Um, But it's true. It's like, it's so easy to just like 
speak just because you just for the sake of talking and like you don't actually have any meaning there's no purpose behind your words and so anyway I've been convicted about that lately so I'm trying to make my speak more purposeful and meaningful and less just for the sake of saying something Mm -hmm. so because I have a lot of thoughts and it's very easy for me to and opinions and it's very easy for me to get caught up in that and just like speak just to speak so anyway that was kind of a tangent but that's what I've been learning (laughs) that's what I've been learning lately (laughs) I think that I have like also seen that in myself and I just like come to the nurse's desk after somebody has said something not even rude to me but just like something I didn't like and I like complain about them to my friends and I'm like like what good is this doing right Um, and like like they are loved just as much as I am and they are broken just as much as I am. And so like, why, why should I be the one to judge them when like I'm turning around and doing the same to others? So, Mm -hmm. um, I hear you and let's be better together. We can be better. (sighs) Well, wow. We've been here for a while and we haven't even touched our topic what yet. we were planning on talking about honestly I really enjoyed what we've talked about so far though I know it's Maybe been so good kind of a hodgepodge of stuff yeah just kind of go wherever you want to go with it you're like I said you're the editor today you can make it whatever you want it to be <laughs> what we did want to talk about today was um just like well we've already kind of started with like updates on what the Lord is teaching us so that was a good segue nice job thanks um And I think that that's been a big thing that the Lord has been teaching me. Um, Last night we were talking about this wheel demonstration that one of my community group leaders like presented to us. And it was actually very encouraging and it made me want to like teach it to my K-Life group. And -hmm. I don't know if I'll have the opportunity to, but I would love to like take it to my next group. Um, because I think it's really, really helpful for like a basic understanding of it. I'll send it to you. Cause it's really good. Perfect. But, um, he was talking about, um, how like you can have like an unbalanced wheel basically of like, you have a lot of fellowship and you're in the word a lot, but your prayer life sucks and you like, don't really witness to people because you're like always with your friends that love the Lord. So it's like an unbalanced wheel. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I think there's a lot of times where we like think that just because we have a lot of two things doesn't mean like, it means that we're balanced because we like are always surrounded by community and we're always in the word, but like, there's so much more to like being obedient to Christ and like gaining information and like learning and being sanctified than just like surrounding yourself with, um, people that love Jesus already, you know, Mm -hmm. like, it's not just about your growth. It's about like growing others and making other disciples. So he was talking about how that could be like really daunting and scare scary and how we like might want to just do that on our own. Um, and I was like, yeah, this whole move has been really, um, like I've just like kind of dropped a bunch of stuff because I'm like trying to like spend time with people here. And so like my fellowship has just been like crazy busy because I'm like, I want to see all these people before I leave. And like, I'm trying to be doing, you know, like doing this stuff. 
And I've like dropped every other aspect of being sanctified. Like my prayer life has been crappy. My, um, like I used to be in the word really consistently and I haven't been recently. And I don't know. I just feel like my control, my controlling hand with like a practical thing, like a move, it's just really, really tight. And I should loosen up at least a little bit. (laughs) Um, so anyway, that was a lot of rambling to say that I want control in my life right now. And so I'm not talking to God about it and it should be the opposite. Right. So that's my fun little Jesus update. Nice. I understand that. You know me, I'm the queen of control issues. Queen. The absolute ruler of control problems. <laughs> There's a world called Controlia and Lindsay and is the Lindsay is the king, the queen, the king, the ruler of control mania for sure what's that from there's a movie where there's like oh there is a land called passive aggressive and you <laughs> queen of it oh what there's a movie where that's from a movie I'll i have you. no idea yeah I'll you have to find it there's, oh my gosh i'll tell you i'll, I'll find it <laughs> yeah that's for sure me so i totally get just like wanting just to have a grip on something yeah because i feel like a, people in general but especially people with my personality just when things feel chaotic and they feel out of control and they feel overwhelming it's like we just grab onto something like just for the sake of like not feeling total and utter chaos Mm -hmm. like if I have this one thing that I can control then that makes the rest of these things that I can't much better or like maybe less of a blow you know but in that you trying to you know grasp at straws to find something that you can control all that does is at least for me like all that does for me is show me that I can't control anything and it just like makes it worse like me just grasping at these things when in reality the Lord is like you can't do this and you have to give it to me and silly girl you're making it worse (laughs) by doing this you know so that's just the cycle of my life (laughs) so I totally get that it's crazy to me how how frustrating like the lord's job would be like if I was like consistently and consistently making stupid decisions to try to control just after the Lord taught me that I can't control it, but I like still believe that I can with a different situation. It's like, I wish, I wish that I could like big picture, see that control is like in every aspect of my life. And just because I haven't seen something like this before, doesn't mean I can control it. Right. You know? I just like, I, I think about, I've started to kind of think about like the Lord's emotions in that. And like my, like, I just feel like it would be frustration beyond belief. And like, he still comes at you with like such grace and such love and such like, like he pauses and like, lets you like finish your thought. And then he's like, okay, obviously this isn't going to work. And I've like been right here the whole time. It just, 
I don't know. Maybe it's that I'm exploring more emotions. I like have experienced anger recently. I was like actually angry. And I don't know if I've like really experienced anger like that before. Like in its truest form. Yeah. I was like sobbing because I was so mad. And I, um, and it was about money. It was about greed. I was like feeling, I was so greedy and I thought I lost a bunch of money that I worked extra for Mm -hmm. and I ended up not, but I, in like the thought that I was going to, I literally was like yelling and in tears. And anyway, it just like, like, I think I'm understanding like the Lord has more emotions than just like love and mercy and grace. Like he can be angry too. And like, frustrated and like disappointed. And, and so again, this is a ramble. This is just my thoughts coming. Yeah. Literally just like thought trains. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. And I, I was, I honestly have been thinking about this a lot lately where like, which is funny that this is funny. Like we didn't plan this, but like this is literally, I want everybody to know we got on here and was like, what are we going to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) Like we we had no idea, but this is flowing really well because I've been thinking about how, how frustrating it is for me because I have noticed lately that I have like a and I don't know if this is true for everybody but I feel like everybody kind of has that like thorn in their side core sin Mm -hmm. that like will never really like it'll just be something that it's it's one of the more difficult ones to have victory over right and not saying that it's impossible but just saying that like there are a lot of things that like, we just have a lifelong process of battling, dealing with and battling. And I have discovered that mine is perfectionism, um, which I knew that, but it has manifested itself recently in very different ways than I have been used to. And in ways that I haven't seen it before. But when I was talking to my therapist, (laughs) she was like, this sounds like perfection. And I was like, you're right. Like, and it's frustrating to me as someone who expects perfection out of myself to have this same problem throughout my whole life. And for pretty much everything that I struggle with and everything that draws me away from the Lord has to do with that one thing that I for some reason cannot get over. And so, and I'm like, if that's frustrating for me, like imagine, and I mean, the Lord has every right to be frustrated, but I really don't think he is. I really think that he's, and I mean, he does get disappointed when we do mess up, but I think that as believers, he sees Christ first in us. Right. Yeah. So like, he doesn't get frustrated with our sin but like he should, you know, like right. he has right. every right to be like, Lindsay, we've been over this a thousand times in multiple different places, in multiple life stages, and you're still having the same problem. Like that would drive me crazy to watch yeah. people that you, and, and it does, it does drive me crazy because I've seen that in people in my life where I'm like, this we've is been this, over this. We've it's been over crazy. this. This is the same problem. You're doing the same thing. I have the perfect solution for you. And you are continuing to do the thing that you shouldn't be doing. Right. And so like, I know how frustrating that is to see in other people and in myself. And so it's just, 
kind of incredible and kind of unbelievable that God not only doesn't get frustrated at us in that way, Mm -hmm. but it's not even just that he's net neutral. Like he is like actively gracious and merciful towards us when we do mess up the same things over and over and over again. Right. And in spite, in spite of the frustration. Right. Right. Exactly. And like, yeah, I've seen it. It it happened to me this week where I was like, wow, like this is something that I am like deeply, deeply rooted in. (laughs) Like, yeah, like it like affects every aspect of my life to the point that I'm like, you know, she was talking about basically like what she calls cognitive errors which are these like thought processes that we get ourselves into. And um, one of the ones she was talking about was like all or nothing cognitive errors. So like I'm either going all in or I'm all out. It's very like black and white. Mm-hmm. And I was like, interesting. I see my whole life that way. <laughs> um, and so anyway, not to go on a personal tangent, but like, it's just so funny to see how frustrated I get with myself and then think about the Lord and how he's not that way. And he, and he of all people are of all things of all beings should be like, he has every right to be frustrated. He has every right to be, and he's not, but he's not. So like what gives me the right to be frustrated with myself and what gives me the right to be frustrated with other people? Like, right. Shouldn't I with the Lord? Like, yeah, true, true. Like I, I could expecting if you're expecting perfection, you know, or if like if if you're expecting perfection out of yourself and then it's not being resolved, and then you're getting frustrated with the Lord because you're like, I'm asking for you to resolve this and it's not. And it's like nothing to do with the Lord's power, or the Lord's ability, or the Lord's, you know, whatever he's doing in your life. It has everything to do with us continuing to go back not to the Lord, but to the thing that makes us comfortable or the thing that we've been like trying to battle this whole time. So it's, yeah. It goes back to like, not, I'm setting my own expectations for myself. Right. And I'm not following the Lord's expectations of me. And I'm not, I'm also not accepting I think that's another thing that I struggle with a lot is just like not accepting the gifts that the Lord has already so graciously given me. Mm-hmm. So tying it back to last week, baby, like, you know, like I'm, it's the same thing as <laughs> I'm not going to go on a prodigal son's brother tangent, but like, it really is the same thing. Like I, God has already given me grace. He's already given me mercy. He's already given me the ability to resist temptation. He's already given me all of these things. I just put myself over here in my expectation box. Right. And I'm like, I have all these things that I need to accomplish and I'm not accomplishing them. So I suck. And also I don't deserve any of these things that you've already given me. So, and like, I'm sure you're so frustrated at me. I'm sure you hate me. I'm sure that this is horrible to watch. So like, I'm just going to sit over here in my like sad little corner of devastation when in reality he's like by the way you need to be here first of all your standards aren't here your standards are here and like I've given you all the tools and all the abilities to accomplish that but even if you don't here are all these things here 
yeah, like here are all these things that I've already given you that like affect the way, like they should affect the way that I see myself and I, and they don't a lot of times they don't. So anyway, oh gosh, I'll stop. I know we could, we could really go off. We could really, really go off. I think we already have honestly, but I love every minute of that. I want to amend my statement and saying, the Lord feels the emotions that and like understands our emotions. Yeah. Yeah. He, it, he like, isn't, I said that he gets frustrated earlier and I believe that he like sees our mistakes and is like, Ugh. but there, that doesn't mean that he like resents us or takes that or holds that against us. Like, right, right. like we were saying, in spite of our failings and our imperfections, he like rejoices with us and gives us grace and mercy. I was thinking that I wanted to clarify that. So no, that's a good clarification. I think it's important. I think, cause I mean, God does understand all of our feelings. Right. And so, and I mean, he created them. So he just feels like the perfect version of frustration, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) disappointment and anger like he feels the non-sinful frustrated version or perfect version of those things. Yeah. And we obviously are relatively incapable of doing that. So <laughs> it can be hard to like compare. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, wanted yeah. to clarify my my comment about him being frustrated. Mm-hmm. No, that was uh, good. So so yeah. So anyway, our I guess our initial thoughts were kind of a life update slash spiritual update, which mm-hmm. we feel like I'm, we've I feel like that we pretty well. Push that. And the second part, and correct me if I'm wrong, because this was your idea, but just talking about like ways that we serve and or could serve in our community and in our church, and how we feel like it's impacted our lives potentially like what we feel like yeah our place is what it could be kind of thing yes no just talking yeah. about like service like service opportunities service ministry like what that looks like right yes exactly I think that recently I've like all throughout college and I would just like throw myself at cross church and I would be like I'm here and I'm serving in some capacity but I don't always think it was like to my fullest potential. Like, I think Mm. I could have like used my time more wisely to not necessarily be in like a leadership role and like be like the face of everything, but to like invest in kids. And I'm realizing now that I've had a small group of like younger girls that I can like really, I want to really pour into like how, how I could like use my gifts that the Lord has given me to a higher potential than like being you know doing more like admin you know like running around spreading myself too thin right so I was reflecting on that the past couple of days and I wanted to talk to you about it and just like talk about it in general because I think it's like really important to serve in the church and to serve the community and to like love on the next generation and like or love on a generation that's ahead of you. And, um, 
I don't know. I'm just like seeing what fruit comes from doing something like that. So I thought we could talk about it. Yeah. So I guess you start talk about like where you feel like your place is and also where you feel like it's not. And maybe, you know, like you were talking about spreading yourself thin. Like, do you Mm -hmm. feel like you've had moments of that in your life where you're just like doing stuff just to do stuff versus like reaching your service potential you know that's kind of like seven questions in one but no but I think it can be answered well so don't worry okay Um, like it can all be flowing into one answer so I think um I think that this year specifically I like threw myself into this new place and I wanted to do a bunch of different stuff and I honed in on um something that I have discovered brings me so much joy. And like, I am being taught more than like anybody else, honestly. Um, and all throughout college, like I was just saying, I like felt like my, I never really had like a home for where service was like centered around. I like did baptisms and I like helped with outreach and I did hospitality and I like did a bunch of different stuff, but I never was like in one place. And I felt like my service was never like fully, I like never reached my potential of like how I could serve my church. I was like Mm -hmm. doing preschool too. It's just like, I wanted to be there to say that I was being there and not for the right reasons. Um, and honestly, this past year being like a small group leader, I have like understood the need to witness to these girls and like what planting seeds look like and like what being on the hands and feet of Jesus, being the hands and feet of Jesus to these girls, um, that like, aren't exposed to that in their everyday lives. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of them, their, their families are not Christians and like they come to K-Life for, and come to this group for, childcare basically. And because their friends are coming and it's like, what an opportunity for me to like take advantage of their 30 minutes that they have. I have their attention to like, love them well and tell them how they're loved and tell them how they're beloved and like show them who Jesus is. And like, I, I have not experienced that before until this year. And so moving back or moving to this new place, um, I should say moving to this new place. I like, that is my intention with my service is to continue to do that. And I was talking to my friend here, who's like my director of all my small groups. And she's like, they have such a need for like consistent people being there as like mentors and just consistent, like a consistent face because of just like the nature of the city. And so, um, she's like, you can be used so well there, um, just like for the nature of like what's happening. So it's just, um, I've been like reflecting on like what my service has looked like and like where I've placed my time and like this time is precious. So why spread yourself thin when you can dive really deep into one thing and like see mm-hmm. the fruit that comes of it, or maybe not, but like, know that you're giving it your all. Cause I felt like I was giving like 50% to everything when I could be giving one thing hundred percent. So I, I have not realized how important service is then, um, like recently right up until about now, 
for the past month or so I've been like going really consistently consistently to club like as as much as I can even if I work and I'm like regretting not doing that this whole year because regardless if we have small group or not like the kids the girls see my face and they see that I'm invested and I just like I don't know the Lord is like growing and stretching me and teaching me a lot of things through this just one small group of girls that that are hard um so anyway I have been thinking about it a lot and I would love to hear your thoughts and dreams and aspirations for service yeah it's hard it's actually so it's an interesting topic when you go to a really small church Mm -hmm. because a lot of times um you're filling roles that you otherwise would not choose to fill (laughs) um especially for like leadership in the church like I'm thinking of um this guy who is a leader in our church and he's the worship pastor he's the college minister he's in charge of life groups he's um you know in charge of like other college activities like he's like basically like six roles in one mm-hmm. and it I can see like what you're talking about like spreading thin where and, and it's hard because I think that there's a difference between I feel like there's two sets of people that kind of do this where like where there's like what you're saying where there's you're just like doing stuff to do stuff because people ask for help so you're gonna help them right versus like someone like this guy who I think has a passion and a heart for multiple ministries at once, Mm. but, and because he's at the church that we go to, he is able, and honestly, like is really necessary that he fulfills multiple roles at once. But I think that even in that, even though there's passion and there's heart there, there's still this like spreading thin kind of Mm -hmm happening you know where he is fulfilling so many things at the same time that it's like you know you're giving 20 percent here you're giving 30 percent here versus putting a hundred percent into one thing and I think it can be hard for especially for I think small churches in particular because you know, if he wasn't the college pastor, like we wouldn't have a college ministry. So it's like, you know, like it's, it's very difficult to fill roles and find people that will put that commitment into a role like that. And um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's a totally different dynamic because I came from big churches where it was like, you can stand at the door and greet people at this college event once a month. And you're like fulfilling, you know, quote, like your service, whatever. Whereas here, like it's, you know, there's 200 people in the congregation. And if someone doesn't show up to do their job, like the whole thing doesn't work, comes down. Yeah. The whole thing crumbles. And so that's been interesting. Just like one, I think being selfless with my time Mm -hmm. and realizing that um kind of on the opposite of what you're saying but still both are valid is like mm, stepping in to do roles that I otherwise probably wouldn't choose knowing that it is benefiting like yes. the body as a whole right and so um 
you know, like for example, Noah does like sound um, on Sunday mornings and that's something that he is good at and that he feels called to do and something that like there was a role that was missing and he was the person to fulfill it kind of thing. But since he sat up in the sound booth on Sunday mornings, I would go and sit up with him and we have like a slideshow that you go through. Mm -hmm. And so like, I would sit there and just like, you know, go through the slides as he did all of his sound stuff. Well, then someone was like, oh my gosh, if you're going to sit up there with him anyway, like I'll put you on (laughs) like the roster, you know, like the list of people. And now And now I'm like, sometimes I'm scheduled to do that. Like I have to go up on a certain service and most of the time they put Noah and I together, like pretty much every time. So it's not that big of a deal, but it's something that like I was just doing because like Noah was there and now all of a sudden it's like a responsibility of mine, like something that they expect of me. And I was like, what happened? You know? (laughs) Right. So it's things like that where it's like, I don't necessarily, it's not that I mind doing it. It's just that now like there's now an added kind of responsibility put onto that, that I wasn't necessarily expecting or signing up for. Mm-hmm. And so that's just like kind of the weird dynamic of small churches though. I think, I think that there's just kind of, everybody does everything kind of thing. And if somebody doesn't do something, then everything else falls apart. So you like really right. have to, you have to fulfill your role. Um, but I think also, in terms of areas where I do feel like I'm like passionate about and serving honestly it's hard to say because I feel like I've been really selfish with my time like I don't really feel like I've served well recently um something that I've added to my thing is I do I I've started helping with like worship and singing on Sunday mornings and at different events but honestly I feel like that's really selfish because I really enjoy it and um like I don't necessarily feel like I'm serving people when I'm doing that I'm just like right enjoying my time because singing is something that I like to do and it's something that I'm passionate about and um something I feel like I'm good at so like you know, why not show that off, you know? Um, but like, don't let it go to waste. Right. Exactly. And also I do think, I will say that like, you know, as we all know, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know, that I have had a really hard, like past six, seven months. And so, or I went through like a six month period where like life was very difficult for me. And I questioned like the Lord a lot and I struggled to communicate with him. And I think that someone asking me to sing on a Sunday morning kind of opened the door for giving me a way to kind of go back to communicating with the Lord Mm. and like getting back into talking to him, like in a way that felt comfortable and easy. Um, And so leading worship was kind of a segue for me to just like getting back to my relationship with the Lord in general. And so that's been a really cool experience to just like see how, because I wasn't necessarily like looking or asking to do that. Like the worship Mm -hmm. pastor came up to me and was like, Hey, like, do you, would you sing on Sunday mornings? And I was like, yeah, sure, I guess. And um, it ended up being like a tool that the Lord used 
to bring me back to him and to talking to him and communicating with him. And now, you know, it's helped me get back into prayer and it's helped me get back into reading my Bible and communicating with him in those ways. And so like, that's been really cool. Um, and it's been, but I feel like, again, like that's more of like a selfish thing. Like, I don't know that I'm necessarily serving people, you know, (laughs) it doesn't have to look all the same, but I think that it is so purposeful. Like the Lord obviously used that exactly when you needed it. And honestly, it might be a situation where like your cup needed to be filled before you fill others. And so like, like the, the, the thought, if you tried prior to that, to like serve and do others, it might've been like empty service because you were like at odds with God, you know? Mm-hmm. And so now that like your communication is open, like you're understanding ways that you can serve better when like you're in a better place with the Lord first. Right. Right. Yeah. So uh, that's really been like my main, I guess, role in the church. Um, and okay. I will say that, um, something that's been, and this again is like kind of selfish of me, but like we host our life group every single week in our house and, um, we cook, like we eat dinner with our small group every week. And Noah is really good about like providing the main course of it, I guess. Like if we have burgers and hot dogs, like we'll cook the meat and like people will bring Mm -hmm. buns and bring condiments or whatever, or like last night we had breakfast food and like Noah made pancakes and waffles and people brought bacon and eggs and you know the side dishes or whatever but that's been something that which has been kind of cool and oh my gosh I'm like kind of getting emotional about it but just like a really cool way for Noah and I to like serve our community together yeah to like offer up our house every week and to cook food for people and like give somebody you know a free meal like not that these people are like super poor and like don't have food but like just you know that's one meal that this group like doesn't have to think about you know like they can just come to our house and eat whatever we're serving and being able to like have just like people here and you know we do a worship and then we do a bible study and then we do like a we like split into smaller groups every week. Mm. So like being able to have worship in my house, like in my living room, like being able to be the place where people realize something about the Lord that they didn't see before or like learn something new about the Bible or, you know, they're confused and they come here and they ask questions. Like that's been a really cool like ministry, I think. Yeah. And something that like even when we were like looking and buying houses we were like okay can we fit life group in this living room like (laughs) like that was like honestly it was like one of our big like key things was like can we host people here like can we have 20 people cram on our couch you know so um that's been like probably one of my favorite things and uh, like I said it doesn't really feel like service like it doesn't feel like I'm doing anything because I really do enjoy it. And I would rather people come here. Like I, I want people to come here. And um, so, yeah, like that's, that's probably been like one of the biggest, like, it's been more of a blessing to me than it has been like a burden, you know? Yeah. It's just been like so fun and I love it. And I hope to do it forever. Like I just, 
you know, that's something that we, Noah and I have prayed a lot over our house is that it would be somewhere where people feel welcome and they feel like they can come and they feel comfortable and they feel taken care of, you know? So Mm -hmm. I hope that the new house does the same. And I think it will. Sure it will. But anyway, okay. And that was a tangent. (laughs) I got got a little email. (laughs) That's so sweet. Mm. I love that. I think it's sweet to like hear people talk about what an impact just like having people in their house is and Mm -hmm. I think after COVID not to bring up the beast of COVID but just like when that was kind of not an option for a while I think the joy of that has been rediscovered recently and I have loved it um I was talking to a senior and she's like basically about to commit to a college that's going to be really close to where I'm living. And, um, I was telling her, I was like, I was like, look, I'm not even a mile from the campus. So like I, my door will always be open to you if you come. And she just like, kind of looked at me and she was like, that is so comforting to know that I have somebody like in my corner there that mm-hmm. I know and like feel comfortable with. And so just like, again, praying over and just like asking the Lord for opportunity for community to be like flourishing in your home, I think is something really, really, really sweet and something that is not in every place. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love that y'all cook together. That's really sweet. Yeah. It's fun. Noah does honestly most of the cooking because um, he's just, he's better at mass production, but uh, especially lately because I've been on this like new like nutritional situation right so I like make my own food and then he like makes everybody else <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but so yeah that part's really fun um, but I also think it's interesting because we were so we were reading um, in life group yesterday about second Thessalonians where the bible he like paul talks about idleness and how and this sounds off topic but it's gonna come around Mm -hmm. um he was talking about idleness and how because basically back in you have like historical context the early churches like the church and the community all basically like band together and did everything together so like Mm -hmm. the church people ate meals together and they cooked each other they cooked each other food they made each other clothes like everybody had a part that Mm -hmm. they did that was not only contributing physically but was also contributing you know spiritually like some of them were the pastors and some of them were the evangelists some of them were this this, this, or whatever and it was talking about how when someone in the church is idle and is not contributing anything but is receiving you know that's bad news bears like we don't want anybody like he was like so far as to like you should kick these idle people out of the church because they're not they're not contributing to right the community they're not contributing to the kingdom or whatever and so that got us asking you know as a group like what does that look like for us today because obviously the church looks very different Mm -hmm. than it did when you know, than it did in Thessalonica. Like we don't, you know, it's not like if I don't bring food, people won't eat or whatever. Right. It's very 
like we have very separate, you know, like work life and church life. They're not the same anymore. And so it was kind of like, how do we translate this verse to like apply to us? And like, how do we avoid idleness in a way, you know, like how does that affect people basically? And I think that at least to me, like we kind of came to the consensus that it comes down to service and it Mm -hmm. comes down to us using our spiritual gifts, but us also using our resources and our time and our money to an extent to contribute to the church that we're a part of. Um, Especially because, you know, like the Lord, it was talking about work, like physical labor, work, your job specifically. And, you know, God doesn't call us to work to hoard everything that we earn and to, you know, boast in our accomplishments. Like there is an aspect of work that is to prepare to extend your resources to other people. Mm -hmm. And so like, and I think that that kind of translates into like spiritual idleness and like not using your spiritual gifts and like not serving spiritually in the capacity that you could be you know, like it's, it, it, that's not what the passage is talking about, but we felt like it could translate over to that like aspect as well. And so anyway, like we were just thinking, like, it really does come down to service and like what your ministry is and how Mm -hmm. you are being effective in your community, whether spiritually or literally. Right. And how you utilize the resources that the Lord has given you to benefit the body of Christ that you have decided to be a part of, you know? Yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting and funny that it happened last night and now we're yeah. talking about it again. Now we're talking about it now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I promise so, you, we didn't plan this. I know. It really sounds like we did. Everything we've done has sounded so like in the flow, but yeah. Um, so anyway, that was like really interesting. Um, and it was a good way to, I guess, like apply that passage in a way that would be practical and tangible for, for today, for today and the way that the church looks now. No, Um, but I, I loved what we talked about. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts? This was your kind of topic and your thought train. So no, not necessarily. I just think that it's, um, I think me just like verbalizing that like service is so necessary and that wasn't always something that I um like realized as a kid like how important it is and so like to see the fruit of that and not even to see the fruit but like just to see the impact that something like something that I'm giving 100% to um has had on me it like makes it worth it always yeah so I'm like excited for the next steps of like new opportunities and um, I like would love to just have my home always be like an open door to these girls and yeah, to, to girls on campus and just like to have the opportunity to do that, I think is really special and not something I was expecting to have. So I think I just wanted to verbalize that. That's good. Do you, you know, okay. So I was saying earlier how I feel like my service opportunities like are borderline selfish because I just like enjoy them, you know, mm-hmm. do you feel that way? like just curious do you feel that way about like your small group and like k-life and all of that stuff like does it feel it it doesn't feel like work 
to me. Yeah. I'll say that. Um, it is hard. Um, and I do feel like I can be selfish with my time of like, is this really making an impact? Like, do they really care if I'm there or not? You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think that doubt like leads me to like feel selfish and be like, well, if it's not even like doing anything, then like, what's the point, you know? And so I guess I'm like selfish in my time of like, I could use my time better. You know, I could like, this could, I could do something else that could be more restful than me, like wrangling sixth grade girls to try to listen to me. But, (laughs) um, I think recently, honestly, I have been just so mindful of my time with them and how like me showing my face and showing up to club, regardless if we have small group or not, like they hugged me for the first time last week, they hugged me by, and I was like, oh my gosh, like you care that I'm here. And like, you think that like my voice and like my, my life and my intention to you is like worth like giving me the, the time of day to give me a hug. And so like things are, things are being pieced together more recently that this isn't for selfish gain. And honestly, I am, I am being taught more day by day by them than I am teaching them. I can guarantee that. Mm-hmm. So, um, it used to be, I would like prioritize the bachelor over going to club because I'm like, they don't like me. They don't really care. They don't like have any like desire to really be there mm-hmm. truthfully. And now I'm like, why on earth would I spend time watching the trash of The Bachelor or anything <laughs> than be with them? Like, like, I, and that has truly is that is the Lord like giving me clarity and like, yeah, showing me the gift of their love, even as a as a kid. They're just mm-hmm. so little, so it's just been it's been really sweet. Yeah, for sure. I feel like it's hard with that like ministry in particular, because you've said this before, I think on the last one, like you really don't get to see the fruit of your labor. Like you really don't get to see the impact that you have. And I think that that's just like a sweet, but also like kind of hard reminder of like our service and our ministry isn't for us. And it's like not for us to necessarily even be fulfilled and like not for us to feel good about ourselves. Like it really is a place that the Lord has put us in for his kingdom and like for his good. And like, it can be hard to not see the fulfillment of something that you work and put a hundred percent into. Right. Right. But I feel like the fact that he's like given you a passion and a heart for it is like all the more reason for you to continue in it you know like even if you like even if these girls like you leave this town you never see them again like you never get to see where they end up what they do right but like the even just the possibility of you having an impact on them and you getting them to think about things that they otherwise wouldn't you know like that it's worth it it's enough yeah like it's enough and um yeah So it's hard. And I, I will clarify my statement and say, like, I obviously do love having people, but like, that's not to say that it's not difficult. And like, I've definitely had weeks where I'm like, 
like my house is disgusting. Like I have to clean it. Like I have to make 20 burgers, you know, like we have to do all these things. Like if the attitude behind what you're doing is what makes it either a burden or a blessing, I think. A hundred percent. And like, especially because like I have clinic on Wednesdays. And so like, I will literally like be at the clinic for four hours come home at 5 30 and people are at my house at 6 15 and like I fall into the trap of like because I'm so introverted like just being socially and like emotionally exhausted that like I don't Mm want to contribute and so just like knowing you know again like and I mean you know we're feeding these people and like they may not care (laughs) right oh my god you know like there's an aspect of it that it's like at the end of the day like the Lord has given us this opportunity and like, it's not about us. Like, it's not about me being exhausted. It's not about me paying right. for this food. Like, it's not about Noah investing all this time and making it like it's, it truly is about like building the kingdom and making right. an impact um, and giving people the space for the Lord to work. I think yeah. it's, you know, there's another aspect of, sorry, we're going way longer than I thought. But <laughs> I think there's no, another like it. aspect of service that like, it's very easy to make it about you. Like, it's mm-hmm. very easy for me to be like, oh yeah, like I bring people into my home and like, I'm so generous and I'm so sweet to people. And like, right. oh, we spend all of this money, like buying and making food for you guys. Like, aren't you so thankful? <laughs> it's like, you know, and I think that that, gets me to fall into the trap of that too because I'm seeking approval and satisfaction from things that are not the Lord so it's like and I should be able to do all of those things and be satisfied and fulfilled in the thing that I've done no matter what people say to me or no matter like what because I and I I think that that's part of what I was what led me here was like I'm not giving them my home so that they can be like, wow, thanks so much. That's so nice of you. Your house is great and you're doing awesome. And like, thank you. Right. Right. I'm giving my home to give the Lord a space to work in people's lives. Like, you know, like me offering up my home is for the sake of like the Holy Spirit coming in to people and like giving them the opportunity to have the space to think and to have the space to come closer to the Lord and to ask questions and to right encounter the spirit, you know, like on a really deep level. And so, and that's like, that has nothing to do with me. Like I, me, you know, like not that it me could be provide, anybody's couch. Right. Right. Like me providing my house is not the crux of that. Like you know, it's just a way that the Lord has given us the ability to be a part of his kingdom, even though he doesn't need me, he's still using me. Right. But that all the more means that it has nothing to do with me, you know? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it was like kind of all over the place, but anyway. <sighs> wow. Amazing. I love it. I think I'm finally out of thoughts. I think I finally have <laughs> nothing to say. No, but I think that they're all necessary. And I hope that this makes people listening, like think about the ways that they can love others well. And if you're not a Christian, like seeing 
the joy that comes from service and that um, like hopefully you see the generosity and the love that comes from it and you see Jesus in that. That mm-hmm. is our hope and desire. Um, and that you come to know the Lord. Um, I also think that just like having a check-in on like where everybody is serving is so unique because people have passions, just like you're passionate about PT and I'm passionate about nursing and people are passionate about art and creativity, like being being passionate about where you serve, I think is really important. So I love talking about it recently. I've found that I love talking about it. It's a new, a new discovery. Well, look at that. We had so much. I know. We to talk about it. We spent so much we got time. To talk about it so much, which was so fun. Um, but the next time that I talk, I'll be in my new house, which is crazy. And so will you. Yeah. Wait, I'm like trying to look at the calendar and see what's It's like going the, on. the first week of March. We're all going to be there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. Ah, that's not what I wanted. It's crazy how this podcast has been like such a, like it time marks a lot of big things that have happened. I know. I know. I was thinking about that actually the other day about how there's been like significant events. <laughs> I know. I know. I hope that we're still doing this podcast and I'm like, guys, I got engaged, you know, like guys, I'm, yeah. you know, it's just like all of the big fun big moments documented on the internet on the internet forever that's so okay well ladies and gents this was lovely this was yes we um let us know if you liked it let us know i um recently changed the password on our email so i can now get into it because i couldn't get into it there for a while um so feel free to use it it's open so exciting we have to tell them that yeah. somebody used our email for the first time and sent us an email so tim thanks for the email we um, loved it we literally talked about it for a long time so much fun um so he just sent us a very encouraging thing which is very nice of him um also our and, dms are open in like yeah a dms way. are open hope that I guess like a practical takeaway for today would be like think about the things that you're passionate about the things that you're that you enjoy think about your spiritual gifts maybe and if you're a part of a church think about how you can use those things to serve the body that you're a part of and you know let us know if you have any thoughts or ideas or ways that you can serve in your place we'd like to know we would love to know um but with that i am gonna go eat some lunch (laughs) sounds good yeah you have class soon i'm gonna go pack more so yeah pack up your house i'm gonna eat i'm gonna go to class and we'll just continue on with our day amazing i've loved this thank you Lindsay. thank you carol it was your idea such a good thought good hey you thought of the last idea so it was my turn (laughs) so fun okay well bye bye